Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean? Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking Back. The Blast from Our Past Network. Hey guys, James here. Wanted to let you know about our sponsor this week, 80stees.com. I suggest everyone go over and take a look at their catalog of amazing t-shirts and merchandise. Everything from 80s movies, cartoons, TV shows, music shirts, wrestling, superheroes, video games, horror, but not just the 80s. They got the 70s, 90s, early 2000s. So go on, take a look at 80stees.com. And when you get to the checkout, make sure to use promo code BFOP to get an additional 30% off. Welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all of the action movies and put them on our big list on the BFOP network. I'm John. In this episode, we're going to have a real BFOP. It's going to be a real blast from the past. It's going to be 1978's Dawn of the Dead. But before we get into the movie, I'd like to introduce my co-hosts, James. Uh, hello. And Dustin. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. Oh, we're trading places. We're yeah. trading places here. Uh, hello. <laughs> How well. are you? you guys this week oh good yeah um i feel alive I, I, the, the pod song just got yeah. popped in my head I, right feel there. The, I feel dead inside this week guys oh yeah well oh, dead inside. you look like good. shit so i do look like shit this i i, I <laughs> this goddamn mask is like i don't know if you guys have any issues with wearing masks uh, and I wear a mask everywhere and i'm not complaining about it but i have but, I, but I have i have gotten like What's like eczema? Oh yeah, all over yeah. The, the the the. So my entire nose is like raw and red, mm. and I have like mm. yeah, I'm a sensitive little lad, <laughs> and my skin is not <laughs> made for mask wearing. But I wear the mask because it's the right thing to do, Dustin. Because mm. your overlords tell Fuck you to. Fuck these masks. <laughs> no, I wear a mask everywhere. Yeah, people, in, you know, who doesn't wear a mask is anyone that lives in my building. Everyone walk around maskless all the time inside. Are you supposed to wear a mask in your You building? are, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's because you live in a building of old Mennonite cunts. So <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Dustin. I'm hoping building. that my, my having a mask on will somehow make them feel shame, but I don't think it does. Well, I mean, masks interfere with their God-given right, right to be cunts. To <laughs> breathe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Something, something, like like that. something like that. No, I mean, they feel like they have one foot. In the grave, like, I'm already there. One foot there. on a banana peel, <laughs> and that uh, everlasting salvation is on the other side. So you know, right? Fuck their grandkids. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of younger people living in that building now too, and uh, they don't wear them either. So yeah, it's got one on either side of the coin here. Well, uh, I don't think our building requires masks. Yeah, actually, I, I think by law you, they are required inside. I don't think you do actually. That was the last understanding I had from the last. Is that uh, like in hallways and press stuff? Thing, whatever that was put out. Yeah, like if you're in any public areas. Yeah. Here's the thing: to. I don't pay attention to those, <laughs> so uh, I get my all my info from Facebook. So. <laughs> Careful, James. There's a lot of a lot of misinformation out there. You might be. Uh, I think it's a joke, Dustin, because really? I don't think I, I James or I joke, both yeah. have Facebook accounts. I think only you have a <laughs> Facebook account. Uh, I haven't had one since like 2011. Such a good person. I think I briefly had one and then I deleted it again. I got one for work and then I never used it. But I'm with James. I think I deleted mine even before that and then got one again. But I think Dustin, you're the only grandmother here. That well, has I'm, a Facebook I'm old, am I right? So. Of course, I'm on Facebook. Talk about all the yeah. fucking. Books Where am I going to talk to my old friends? If I'm not on old Facebook. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to know what funeral to go to this week? Getting <laughs> oh. kept in the loop here. Oh, Meredith passed, eh? <laughs> oh no, Ethel. <laughs> uh huh. Well. What about watching shit? I mean, it's Spooktober here. We guys, are we getting into this horror oh, movies yeah. or what? Oh, sorry guys, it's Spooktober. Boo. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, it's not. I mean, we're recording this pre-Spooktober. Well, it's it's tonight. I mean, midnight. We're into the into the fun here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kill a fawn at midnight, and then it'll start. <laughs> yeah, and then it'll begin. It'll kick off my. Let the blood drain out of its. Did I ever? So, where we live, there's these two mountains. Uh, they're called the Twin Sisters. Uh, do you guys know that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so when I was in high school, I remember I went to a Christian high school, and. Uh, uh, I was in Bible class and people were talking about like, oh, like people who were against Christians in, in the, in the community. And somebody's like, yeah, like somebody was in front of line, in line in front of my mom or something like that at the grocery store. And they were talking and they were like, yeah, like we sacrificed on top of the twin sisters at the same time to like cast a spell over all the Christians <laughs> that live in the valley. Sure, that happened. <laughs> it's like, that, man, that's like strategic, man. This is like pre-cell phone. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do they still do that? Can I? So, can I go? Well, jump in on that? How's that Christian education? Well, my guess is they, <laughs> my guess is they have a Facebook group. So, Justin, you're probably going to be the first one to know. You kind of buried the lead there with the, uh, Mm -hmm. when I was in Bible class. Bible? I went to, yeah, I went to a Christian, I went to a Christian high school. Yeah, me too. Uh, (laughs) Losers. I got got an F in Bible, as I recall. I got, I got caught cheating one time. At Bible? uh, uh, (laughs) At Bible? Did you have, uh, did you have Jeremiah in here? (laughs) No, I got, I got caught cheating in a class. And uh, I panicked because I saw the teacher saw me um, and they were coming over and I had like a second to think of what to say. So as soon as she got to my desk, I gave her my paper before she asked for it. And I said that, that uh, Miss Harder, I wanted to tell you something. I said, I, uh, I was cheating <laughs> and the Lord, um, I had conviction on my heart or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to tell you that before. And I wanted to hand my paper in and say that I don't think I deserve a, uh-huh. a, a, like a score. And she was like, I appreciate it. 
That she She's took like, it you from get me. an A. For Every, that. Everything yeah. was you fine. get an A. Uh, huh? You'd make a good politician. Uh huh. At least you didn't say it. Well, I want to tell you something. That guy's cheating over there. <laughs> yeah. No, I took it. I I owned it. Actually, I looked at that paper and saw they wrote the same thing as me. Yeah, they yeah. cheated. So crazy story about that teacher, James. You can cut this out if you want to, but. Uh, so there's this teacher, I think her name was Miss Harder, and uh, she had all these like she was this older lady. She was very very kind. Uh, she had she had like really bad scarring though, and uh, it turns out that I believe she was living in Minnesota when she was younger. Uh, she was married, living in Minnesota, and uh, was it her husband? Yeah, I think it was her husband had tried. She woke up and her, she was being beaten to death with the, I think the claw end of a hammer. Jeez, and wow. she Christ. she fought the person off. I think it was her brother-in-law or something like that. And she fought the person off or something, right? And she ended up escaping in the snow and she crawled to a neighbor's house and she was just like fucked up and covered in blood. And the neighbor called 911 and she survived. And it turns out that the the person who attacked her was sleepwalking and they ended up being convicted and sent to prison oh but yeah like she survived like an you can get sent to prison for doing shit while you're asleep i'm pretty sure i've seen a law and order on this (laughs) this is what she said she (laughs) was a christian so she might have been lying to try to save souls the law works the law doesn't work that way actually in section (laughs) i got nothing (laughs) boom boom (laughs) anyway that's that's her story that's why she had all the scars wow what about uh, watching shit, James? Uh, yeah, I watched... Uh, I do have a Seek and I do have a Destroy. Okay. So, uh, I watched Free Guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was good. It's available on Disney. thought it was fun, that one. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, I watched that. I watched Bad Taste. Oh, yeah, Peter Jackson. You're not going to tell me that's your Destroy. No, no. Thank you. <laughs> that was quite enjoyable. Uh, I just stumbled upon it on Tubi. Nice. Uh, so that was enjoyable. Uh, I love the gore effects in of that. Of course, yeah. That's his first And uh, my destroy would be Microwave Massacre. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen this? I have seen it, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the guy who voices Frosty the Snowman. Uh, is the lead mm-hmm. and it's just He's, he kills his wife and microwaves her and eats her yeah uh, he takes her for lunch to his construction yeah. shop. but then he gets a taste for human flesh so he starts luring women in and killing them well first he has to have sex with them <laughs> then and he kills then them he kills them. them so he seizes them first <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> and then yeah Bastes the turkey if you know what I mean <laughs> they uh he uses i mean it sounds fantastic really uh when you're even uh, re- recounting as it. we're talking about it but it's really bad it's pretty bad yeah i mean yeah. i thought there were some amusing bits in it but uh pretty bad it's pretty bad so so that's my destroy the so. cover art is much much better than oh, the, the oh, movie 100%, itself 100 <laughs> so um yeah i had an eventful week Get, yeah. Getting into getting in the the holiday the holiday season, here. I figured I better start. You know, I'm not gonna get 
even probably to half the movies that you're going to watch, Dustin. But <laughs> I figured, you know what? Yeah, Give me a run for my money this yeah. time. Yeah, I'll get in there. <laughs> uh, well, for myself, I watched a couple, rewatched a couple bangers. I don't have a destroy this week, but uh, I went back and watched, rewatched The Wicker Man. Now, do you guys remember when we first watched The Wicker Man? Uh, we watched it at a bad time. I, I put this in the same boat, I think, that you would agree uh, when when we were watching like uh, old boy, yeah, yeah, like just movie we were like we just didn't watch them with the right perspective. Well, I think with Wicker Man we were at a, living in the Winchester house, which we a bunch of us lived in at a time, and we were, I think everyone was like drunk and just like making fun of it throughout and weren't really paying attention to it. I never stuff. watched it. Yeah, this so is the, definitely we're not in the headspace. This for is it. the kind of situation where Dustin and I would come home from work together at like three in the morning and there would be a party going on right. on a, on a uh, Tuesday. Always mm-hmm. at that house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember we watched it on VHS there whenever and we weren't into it. Um, but then late, a couple of years later, I rewatched it on my own. I was like, Oh no, this is, this is damn good. But, um, rewatching it this time. I'm like, man, this is, it's so good. It's so well made. It's not a pacing for you, James, that movie, but like, right. There's like this slow burn levels of paranoia, both this Christian policeman and he's going, he went, goes to this Island to find the missing girl. And it's like these people that are all pagans that have these like rituals that disgust him. Like, and they're like, you know, they're running around naked and having sex and all this stuff. And he's very, so straight laced and it's like all really bothering him. Um, and it just leads to such a amazing climax. One of the greatest climaxes I think in any movie ever. Uh, so I fucking love that movie. Um, so a TV show that a TV show, a mini series that came out in like 2020, uh, the third day kind of had like wicker man vibes. Oh, okay. Did you ever watch that? No, no, I never, I never watched it. Uh, I, I started watching it. I watched, a, I think half the first episode. It's a Jude law HBO drama. Oh, okay. uh, it's like, um, yeah, it's like, there's this like secluded Island that you can only drive to at certain parts of the day. Right. Right. Tides. Or else the tides and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, I was just curious if you watched it. No, I hadn't even heard of that one. But, you know, obviously The Wicker Man influenced a ton of movies. That I mean, the whole kind of cult subsection of horror films might not exist without it. I mean, you look well, at Midsommar, Midsommar from a couple of years ago. That movie is entirely inspired by The Wicker Man. What's the other movie uh, came out? Oh, probably came out like eight, nine years ago. Kill, uh, kill list, maybe. Kill list, yeah, like all yeah. that kind House of shit. House of the Devil. There's, there's so many. House, things. Oh, House of the Devil is like rules. That's a great mm-hmm. movie. But like, um, Kill List is like heavily influenced by Wicker Man. The Invitation, Sacrament, like yeah. all that stuff is follows in the wake of the Wicker Man. The so. Invitation. Did you like invi- the invitation? You didn't like the ending. I didn't care for the ending. And I really like the ending. I, that's a movie I'd like to rewatch at some point. Is that, I, the, is that the vampire movie? No. No, it's a it's a weird cult movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then also uh, our nieces were over last weekend, and so I showed them the, my Blu-ray of Night of the Creeps. Are you supposed to slip in that you have a Blu-ray of it? Yeah, I got the Blu-ray. I got the collector's I edition. Didn't, nice. I didn't just sh- we didn't just show it to them. We showed them the Blu-ray. Yeah. You remember? Well, this is the thing that we, the creeps we do when they come over. Rules. They're they're really into these '80s horror but movies because they like the, the Night of the Creeps is a movie that we watched at the Winchester House. And we also watched that there on VHS, VHS that we bought from the video store. Ruled. 
It still rolls. That yeah. was a thrill me. We got to watch that. That was when the 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 local video store down the street was going like, out of business. Out of business and we, yeah. just, we just bought all their horror movies. Yeah. So I had posted on Instagram that I was watching it the other day, and Jason messaged me. He was like, "I own this on VHS." I was like, "I know you do. We watched it when we yeah. lived at the Winchester House, Bell. But yeah, still so fun. It, it, it's so great because it works as just like a college comedy. Like on that level, it's as good as any of those types of 80s movies. Yeah. And then also it's about fucking space slugs that turn people into zombies. <laughs> and it's just yeah. Tom Atkins, so fucking great. The cop in it. Um, so many funny lines. It's when they start you know the be- the you know the tagline of the movie is just like the best moment ever and i'm so glad my niece is just like loved this moment when he's like well girls i got some good news and some bad news good news is your dates are here and she's and the girl's like what's the bad news they're dead <laughs> <laughs> it's so gold yeah anyway so they got a kick out of it um, I, I think i'm going to have to wa- uh, rewatch reanimator this month I think I that's, just I just got I got just got that on Blu-ray as oh, well. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh man, I love Rian. I love. I actually really love all of them. The mm-hmm. third one is. Third one's not as not quite as, good, as good, but, but, but man, some, the first two are amazing. The first two are kind of perfect for like exactly like that campy horror. Like they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody hasn't watched it, Reanimator is based off of an H.P. Lovecraft novel or novella, I think. Yeah, story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's another all time banger for me, reanimator. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, this is all September pre-gaming for now. We're tonight, midnight, we're heading into actual October and I'm going to get, I'm going to get down to business here. The floodgates open. Well, (laughs) I have been, I haven't had a chance to watch very many things like normal. I'm just watching like my regular TV shows. So like yesterday I watched only murder in the building which is, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. loving it, Ted Lasso, that kind of stuff. Um, I did get a phone call today uh, from a local bookstore, a used bookstore that I frequent. Um, apparently, they're like, oh, hey, we have a book that you ordered in. And I'm like, oh, okay, what is it? Because like, I don't remember ordering a book. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you ordered this in April of 2020. Is it Face Off? No, it's off the novelization. Yes. yes. Well, no, I'm going to do that now. Tomorrow, when I go pick up this book, I totally forgot I ordered this book, and I can't remember exactly why I ordered it. But it's uh, Dustin. Have you read The Store? Yeah, by Bentley Little. Yeah. 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 I ordered that. Uh, that's a fun book for sure. Yeah, I don't know why I ordered it, but I ordered you just it. Heard something about it? Well, or? I think that a lot of the times I, I've bought you some books. Um, that I knew that you wanted like I bought you the Colorado kid yeah the Stephen King book because yeah. I just hear I hear about a book or it's hard to get and I just like I'm like oh I'll put my name down for it and then the store just had like a new edition put out that a lot of people have been on Instagram that I follow have been posting that they bought it at like Target or Walmart yeah. which is super ironic the, the story itself is about an evil Walmart type store yeah so I think oh. that if I'm trying to like like call like 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 kind of go through my memories i think i bought it because it was completely out of print since like pretty much 96 i didn't realize that okay. like i it was in, you could not find it yeah so i think that i was like oh okay this book i, I hear is good like it's kind of like this like like niche kind of like no like a horror book that like you can't buy anymore so i'm like okay well, i'll just put my name down for it and then so i don't know if i'm getting the new version I'm assuming I'm getting the new version. You might get a newer version, but who knows? It could be. Who it knows? could be the actual I'd love, mass market paperback. Like I'm hoping that I get the. I'm hoping I get like the first printing, like the yeah. you know back back printing. But um, anyway, I'm excited because she's like, "Oh, do you still want it?" I'm like, "Ah, 
I wanted it then. Mm-hmm. I might as well just get it. Come right? grab it. There's no problem. You know, if I don't want it, do you own it? Yeah, I do. Okay. I was going to say, if I don't own it, if I don't, then I'll give it to you. Because I know you like to collect things. But anyway, that's, I got nothing to destroy. Uh, I'm going to destroy, uh, how about the patriarchy? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Take it down. You know what? You know what, guys? You've had a good run. <laughs> Let's step aside and give the ladies a chance. All right. And uh, with that, that let's, the podcast is over. <laughs> let's move into our movie this week. Uh, so this week on the podcast, we watched uh, 1978's Dawn of the Dead, the original, uh, George A. Romaro. Is there a trailer for this one, James? I'm sure there's a trailer. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Roll, roll, roll the goddamn trailer. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Not that room! Not that room! Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the dead. Meet me on the roof at 9 o'clock. Get yeah. out. I don't believe We're it. We're going to get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot it, man. Now, accept the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences. George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. So who picked this movie? James. James. Episode 200, by the way. Oh, okay. Welcome to episode 200 of Spooktober. <laughs> Make it sound so exciting. <laughs> it's the 200th fucking episode this of this is show. Why I should never be in charge of hosting. We, we I been, don't have I don't have a dynamic voice. <laughs> We've been doing this oh, for 200 dynamic. episodes. You're dynamic, John. This is a milestone. You're a fucking milestone. Thanks, man. You're a fucking millstone around you my neck, you, you know what? bitch. You're a milestone too. <laughs> James, also no. a milestone. No, I'm over not. here. <laughs> James, why did you pick this movie? Uh, you know, I heard some whispers about it. <laughs> and uh, something what was this? Dawn of the Dead? Yeah. People something. in the know say, Hey, this is a movie to know. I heard yeah, I heard this uh, I, I heard this Romero cat's got something going on. I heard he's got legs. <laughs> Can't say wait to see what he does next. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Honestly, uh I was having a hard time figuring out what I was going to pick. Uh, and Dustin sh- suggested a few. I was going between this and Evil Dead 2, but I feel like we did Evil Dead not that long ago. I'm guessing it was, it was, one, last, it was last year. Last year. Yeah. So I figured I'll, I'll save that for next year. And Dawn of the Dead. Now this, this one is arguably more of an action movie. There's, there's quite a bit of action elements in this movie. I also feel this movie is very prescient. It's very, of the times, it's very... Still, uh, still has something that relevant to stay. Have so. we? Yeah, like this falls into that category of films where it's like, oh shit, this <laughs> is literally what's happening in our lives in a lot of ways. Like people arguing about like 
what we should do and does it matter and right nothing um, matters and and also you know obviously we'll get into this a bit more but like this Romero kind of spearheaded the using the zombie genre as a means to have social commentary uh, in the case of Dawn of the Dead more most pointedly towards like consumerism um, but it was funny just watching it last night again. And, you know, all those scenes with the zombies, like, mashed up against the glass of the mall doors. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, like, this looks exactly like, you know, you see the pictures of people trying to get into stores on fucking Black Friday or whatever. It's like, Well, there's that element. There's also, like, there's the element of them at the beginning talking heads, like, arguing over what we should do and how right, we what's should, the right and, thing and, to do and, and, we, yeah. and, that, and that kind of continues for a while when they're watching those broadcasts and stuff yeah you, you can compare that and contrast it with what's happening right now and uh, why people have certain motivations to do different things I did see that and I was just like I'm so fucking sick of seeing this shit because <laughs> yeah I mean you see it all the time I mean the last I don't know two years well, not just two years, but I feel like it's been going on. Obviously, with COVID, it's gotten worse. But even like when Trump was the president, there was the media thought it would be great if we had two opposing points and we're going to have them fight each other, whether they have any facts or not. But that's the because it's entertainment. But that's the that's the inclusion of like the twenty four hour news cycle yeah. and like how that never existed before. Like this is this predates like. Um, uh, like uh, CNN, uh, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But there's also like, there's so many things I absolutely love about this movie and how this movie balances um, what's happening outside the doors, what's happening inside the mall and what's happening in the smaller ecosystem of these people just right. trying to have a normal moment Mm-hmm. Like not a normal life. Like they know they can't have a normal life, but just, right, just that's have, over. have normal moments inside that. And often those normal moments are done completely alone. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, the movie's fucking brilliant. It, it's, it's like uh, Romero and Carpenter are so far ahead of everything else that's like going on at this time. And the fact that they both use maybe not horror, but the, the fact that they use ultra violence in a lot of ways um, and thrillers and stuff like that. And uh, action movies, if, if you want to, to that's how they decide to attack this, these issues that they see is really interesting. Yeah. I, I also, I want to just go right back to the beginning and start because there's so much stuff to hit upon in this movie. And it kind of starts, if you haven't seen Night of the Living Dead, then it's sort of a cold open here where the zombie outbreak has already begun and, you know, they're going crazy on the news trying to figure out, you know, what's what's going on? What are we going to do about it? The army is out. We see the National Guard is out and like mm-hmm. um, people are fleeing the the news station and we meet the first couple of characters there where they're going to take this helicopter, this news chopper and like get away. So one of the ladies, one of the women that works uh, somehow in production there and then the pilot, they're two of the main characters and they're like, okay, we're leaving. Uh, Let's get the fuck out of here. And then we we see people leaving and it's just like, everything's in disarray. Like some people are like, no, we got to stay on the air. And everyone was like, no, no one knows what the fuck to do because like this is some crazy shit going down. Uh, but then we quickly meet also these SWAT team cops that are raiding this like tenement building. 
and some interesting stuff going on there. Yeah, I mean, why are they raiding that building? I mean, to kill the zombies in the basement, I guess. But, like, shit's going crazy. Yeah. Why raid that one building? I mean, I'm not sure what the purpose is. If, you know, for some reason they've been given some sort of orders like, oh, we need to get into this specific building to kill these these zombies or something. But the But the one cop is, like, this, like, total fucking racist and he's, like, he's using it as an excuse to just go in and shoot yeah. colored people like black people and stuff. And so like, uh, the one, one SWAT guy who's like becomes one of the main characters. But yeah, so Roger is like, we meet him. He's a SWAT cop. He's like trying to stop this guy from going on a rampage once they get in this building. Cause he's just like kicking people's doors in and blowing them away before they've even found any zombies. Yeah. I mean, are you led to believe that, whoever's running that building or the people that live in that building are like, no, like we're going to protect the zombies because they're still. Well, this is a, it's a good brand new thing, right? Um, to these people, it's like, they don't know what the full consequences of this is that people are kind of like sick. Is there a way for them to be well again? And I think that part of that like spins off. And I think that what the commentary in, I am, coming at this completely without reading anything i'm sure there are people out there who know a lot more about this and i'm pretty sure it's well documented what the actual intention behind this stuff is is that it's just trying to show how different groups of people um would respond to something like this so you have a black religious leader possibly responding this differently because he's already seen his people both black or a Christian, who knows, but already he's already seen them massacred over the years, right? Mm-hmm. So he has this very... He's trying to protect them because he, he doesn't understand. Like, it, it, everybody's trying to deal with this with their own history. And they're applying their own history to what's happening now. And I think that in the confusion of those, like, first couple of days, it might be like that. Where they're like, no, we can save them. And they're... And that kind of... St- I, I don't know, Dustin, what did you think? Yeah, no, that that's, I think, a good read. Because also... I mean, there's a lot of things we take for granted now about zombie movies and zombie genre. But, you know, before Night of the Living Dead, there were really only a couple of examples of those kind of movies. Mm -hmm. And they were usually a a voodoo-based thing. And then post-Romero, he sort of changed the zombie rules. And those are the ones that everyone has kind of based everything off of since. Not that there hasn't been any sort of like divergence from that where people try to do something different. Like, oh, it's a virus. It's not a, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But those are the ones that everyone looks back on as these are the zombies as rules as we understand them. Um, So it's easy for us to look at it and be like, oh, well, don't these people know how to respond to like the zombie thing? But like nobody, you know, Mm -hmm. zombies are still a relatively... Yeah, and I feel thing. I feel this might be one of those movies that for the first time I'm like so far removed from this movie, like the first time seeing it, yeah. that it's hard for me to look at it and be like, well, this this is like one of the movies that kind of like set the whole zombie trend. That's totally fair. So it's like... I'm so far removed from that. I've seen so many other zombie movies that it's just like, oh, okay, well, this is this trope, and it's hitting all the beats. Yeah, that's because right? this is where the tropes came from, and, and I understand that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm so far removed from it. 
I'm like, okay, it's 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 sort of hard to look at it with fresh eyes. Yeah, yeah. A thing that really kind of grounded me in how this movie is different than the movies that we watch now. Um, like, let's just talk about Walking Dead. I guess. Like, I watched the first couple seasons of that show. Loved mm-hmm. the comic book. Hated the show. But um, it's a sense that like these aren't all in powerful zombies. These aren't zombies that can that have like like like. Like the pow- the strength of ten men, right? These are just normal people who have a driving desire for human flesh, right? Mm-hmm. So you can bat them away, like yeah. that, which is not done anymore, right? Now we're in the hyper zombie, right? Mode. Now they run now, and they fucking jump on you, we're, like we're in the World War and... World War Z, right? Because we've had like zombies on top of zombies on top of zombies, where we've gotten so far away of the fact that it's not the fact that they're it's, it's not necessarily their bloodlust, which is the scariest part about them. It's their sheer numbers. It's their numbers, yeah. Which is what's so scary. And that's what I really realized while watching this film is that, no, 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 like you, 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 you think they're just stupid. They're just dumb. And they're just like driven by this thing. And they're like, oh, like their arms are out and they're just saying brains like, mm-hmm. like in a, in a Scooby-Doo cartoon. And you think, oh, these are. That we can just handle them, but it's not the it's not their their intelligence that's the scary part. It's their sheer numbers, they, and and they yeah. and they're implacable. Like they just keep coming unless you, you know, destroy the brain, right? Yeah. So, so you see, like people in throughout the film get overrun by them because they mm-hmm. underestimate. Right. They underestimate. They get overconfident. Exactly, yeah. and that's what's the scary part is that like there's so much subtext to everything in the film that you can apply to realistically any kind of like socio like thing that you want like 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 anything you want to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean there were moments i mean because like you're saying i've you know the evolution of zombies and zombie movies is of course with everyone's attention span like us the audience they have to evolve because nobody wants to see the same old boring zombie. Right. Like you got to do more, right? Now you got to find a way to let's yeah. jack this up. Let's like. jack it up, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, in watching this, there were lots of scenes where I was like, "Oh man, like that's risky. What are you doing? Like <laughs> one bite and you're done, or whatever." You know, it's just like I did find myself being like. Like, come on. Like, I know this stuff. But, <laughs> but I, and I know I like. Right. It's a new experience for the audience at this point. Yeah. And for the people, the characters in the movie that are experiencing this thing happening. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to look at this movie and come kind of contrast it with Night of the Living Dead because that was a black and white movie, a very small movie, like basically guerrilla filmmaking movie. Um, and but mostly contained in one location, a house for like the whole thing. Great fucking amazing movie. That's still, I think creepy now to watch, but this movie is so much more expansive. Like it's such a bigger movie. Um, and it's covering so much more territory, not only in terms of where they go, the locations, um, how many zombies there are, everything about it feels bigger and they're exploring more ideas. Like there's a lot of ideas in here. Yeah. And the amount of time you get to spend with the characters like is totally different. Yeah. You spend a lot like, okay, now I should, I should ask what, what did you guys watch the uncut version of this? I have no idea. Mine was two hours, 20 minutes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure. I, I think it was the cut version. Oh really? Yeah. 
Interesting. It was like two hours and just over two hours. Okay. I think that you probably watched the same one. Oh. It's like two hours and 19 minutes. Yeah, two, yeah, 219, yeah. I think. There well, are Justin, there, why don't you say what's cut? Well, yeah. So there's there's a there's like ten different edits of this movie over the years that have oh, come okay. out. Because when Romero made it, um, he was having trouble getting financing. He made a deal with the Italian director Dario Argento, uh, where Argento would have the right to cut the movie for the European audience the way that he wanted it, and like, have the licensing there. So. Interesting. Uh, that's how he got the funding to to make the movie. Um, and apparently, it, the budget says like $1.5 million, but apparently, according to people that worked on the movie, it was actually more like $500,000. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it says on IMDb, I think, six hundred and fifty. Yeah, okay. Um, they said they inflated the budget for foreign investors, from what I was reading. <laughs> so, But it was like five hundred grand basically. Right. Um, but so, yeah, so there's all these different versions of the movie. There was versions that were cut for a European audience. Then the rating systems there in certain countries, uh, you know, certain countries banned the movie. Australia wasn't, I think, allowed until 86. Yeah, I see, like, um, on IMDb it says unrated. Yes, so what happened was in, this, in the States, in North America, the MPA gave it an X rating. And Fuck those guys. Romero didn't want it, like, equated with pornography, so he convinced his investors to let him release it as unrated in the, in this in America. So that's one of the few films that's been released unrated. Yeah, it, it has, it has happened. Um, you know, but not, it doesn't happen very often because normally once it's unrated, then, uh, like the Alliance of, uh, theaters won't yes. screen it. Now back then probably was easier to get theaters to agree, especially, you know, you had all the grindhouse theaters and all these places that would show whatever. Yeah. You had X-rated theaters. So you knew you could get it out there. You had X-rated movies though at the time. Um, uh, Easy Rider is X-rated film right. that was, yeah. was not made for, uh, for best picture. I did. I don't know if it won. I can't remember, but like it was a different time. Mm -hmm. So distribution was a little different and you could get you could still get people's eyeballs on this thing but it was it wasn't a death sentence to release it unrated but it was not the way that people wanted to go ever because you're going to get into your more theaters if you're you know following the MPA guidelines and stuff like that so anyway uh it's funny it's kind of quaint to look at it now and be like this was x rated for gore um but at the time it was arguably the most violent movie ever made <laughs> when it came out right this is another association that, that we have with um we talked about those with the Wild Bunch. How we, at the well, time yeah. it was one of the most violent. We, we've movies. watched we've like yeah we've watched a bunch of movies that at the time uh, like Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Right. Like I mean you're seeing shit that's never been done before. Like Assault on Precinct Thirteen, you're seeing a little girl. Yeah, get killed. Get killed. Well, like speaking of which, <laughs> there are a couple kid zombies that show up in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. With the SWAT guys, so we, the Roger he meets up with Peter. Uh, he's another SWAT guy, and they kind of form a bond real quick. They have to go and they kill all those zombies that are in the basement of that building mm -hmm. together, and then they decide they're gonna like travel together. Well, we actually don't point. talk about the fact that that uh, was it. Roger, Roger, yeah, Roger, yeah. Roger just kills the the racist cop. Well, he doesn't. He he jumps on his back to try to take him down. And he once he gets thrown off, then one of the other cops. I think it actually is Peter. Oh, sorry, it's Peter. Okay, one of shoots them, him. And, and I. This is where, this is where like all the social commentary comes in 
and um, like Romero, like um, like Carpenter, like they treat. I'm not saying that these are white saviors or anything like that. I'm not trying to say any of that kind of stuff. But there is this movement in horror in like in this whatever Carpenter is to try to push the boundaries of what is acceptable for interracial like yeah stuff. and and with romero too night of the living dead was the first movie as i understand it the first movie to feature a black protagonist who was the hero of the film yeah first time ever <laughs> so hmm. uh and that was 67 i believe like they they were pushing these boundaries these these guys were out there and um i'm people did it before like i'm not saying that they didn't do it before but they they were they, they were they helping were, to push it forward. They were on another level, like of popularity, possibly be not possibly, but partially because they were white men. But they were saying, "No, fuck this!" Like I'm having a black protagonist. I'm having like a a black hero. Well, is um, it just that it it's because it's horror and your kind of boundaries are kind of limitless, really? I well, mean, horror can, is the place to go if you want to make transgressive films, right? Like, well, yeah, we, we already know we're dabbling in stuff that most of society considers unacceptable. Right, exactly. We also had a pregnant woman who was like shooting people. And this isn't in a grindhouse way. This mm-hmm. is in a more like elevated like introspective way of like what are these characters doing what are their motives so uh Mm. like they and and that's something that i personally love about these movies is that they're they are pushing those boundaries they are saying no like fuck that like we're we're gonna go we're gonna have these characters we're whatever you think be damned because you're not gonna fucking like this movie anyway so you're not gonna come see this fucking film yeah, and I don't even know if, you know, I don't know if Romero and those guys were even thinking about it in such concrete terms as just doing what they thought was the not right natural thing for I'm, them to I'm do. Not, right? I'm not but, saying that they were doing it because they want to make a statement. Right. I'm just saying that, that that was their natural inclination. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, once but once Roger and Peter, they get to the place where our other characters, uh, Stephen and Francine, they're about to take off on that chopper that, and they kind of all get together. Yeah. Um, and... That's where they they form this group, um, and so we see them flying across. They have to stop periodically to get fuel for the chopper. Uh, that's one thing I really appreciate about this movie is like already at this stage of the zombie game, there's a lot of thought about what goes into planning, what you're gonna need, what you're gonna need to do in order to protect yourself. Um, all the sort of like little strategic elements that you would have to think about, like okay it's a zombie apocalypse where's the best place for us to go and canada be safe <laughs> yeah well canada but a mall a shopping mall like yeah. it has everything you need right oh and they talk about this throughout the film um because francine wants to learn how to fly the plane and her whole thing the chop- is like yeah that's those practicalities her, her chopper, we're gonna go to canada and then i forget thomas i think it, thomas one of them was like do you understand how many times we're gonna have to refuel Mm-hmm. between here and canada yeah. Yeah. like they, there's they they're actually talking about like logistical yeah things, that, things it's not just like oh yeah and then we'll just fly to canada no it's like no we're gonna have to if that's if that's what we're doing we're gonna have to take all these steps in order to do that but also yeah the practicality of her being like hey guys we should all learn from steven how to fly the chopper because if anything happens to him we're gonna need to know how to do that so all this thought has already gone into it which i appreciate it because you you watch some modern movies 
where it's yeah, clear like nobody no has thought. considered any of this shit and it doesn't matter and we're just going to do this and whatever. I think that that's a but that's a James mindset and I uh where he just James just wants things to go go go. <laughs> what do you mean? Like oh, my brother James. Yes, who's on this oh, James right like here. Like me. Yeah. Right. I my, you're talking about where, him. Where he wants things to just move along really really fast and James is a dummy. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> shots fired james shots no but fired. I, I think that's the thing though is like uh uh not that james is that way but um what what you want is you want a, a movie like this this movie's took two hours and 20 minutes is it a bit long you could argue it is a bit long and there's a lot of scenes that could be cut i think a lot of those scenes are really important and there are a lot of fun well like and that's, that's what we're talking about like there are all these different versions of the movie right and many of them are much shorter but but i are, actually think that you need to watch the two hour 20 minute version to get the full effect of the movie i i do too but what happens in a lot of movies that are like an hour and 90 minutes which was kind of making a joke about with the james cut is that a lot of those films they sacrifice like yeah little logic, little character moments or yes logical and logic steps. to be like yeah. well no like all of a sudden she can fly the plane now right like well i mean they could have cut some like i don't think you need to 220 <laughs> i know you don't buddy but um there should have been more foot scenes but see like the, okay so it's 220 that is a long movie no doubt yeah and that's a long time to sit down and watch a movie i mean what character development happens when they stop at that one airfield oh to gas up again yeah well we actually get the moments with steven where we see that he's not he's not really prepared for this kind of thing the, the pilot he aims his gun at the house because he sees a zombie there and he's freaked out about it but peter is on the other side of the zombie and so he's shooting like right a, a well that can happen in, in the mall too and it, it does it, it could but then you just it, be adding it at the mall i know but it kind of it already does happen at the mall where he still is unprepared he's like shooting wildly in the warehouse or the yes furnace because scene. It, but that's a it's a gradual arc for him i where know he it's a becomes, very slow burn i get that <laughs> yeah but it's an actual development where he becomes better at handling himself with these things uh, and I, they're sure they're sort of showing him how because they're experienced like swat guys yeah so they, I, I, this, I understand that and this is also just like me just completely bullshitting but i think this is romero trying to explain that like things are complicated like people are complicated and they're trying to show the human condition that's behind all of these different things. Like when they're showing them going through different uh, stores or different like departments, yeah. like it's just showing them being human beings. And these are people that like, aren't just, they're not just there to kill zombies and they're not just there to be eaten by zombies or there to be your hero or whatever your protagonist. They're human beings that have human desires and human yeah and impulses that they, sometimes get them into they, into trouble i think <laughs> so. one of the the scenes that really shows how he understands humanity is when they're doing the montage of like them just doing stuff and there's like the post sex scene the co- like right. where it just shows her, him in almost a fetal position they're, they're sort of both off in their own thoughts at that Be, moment or yeah, whatever. yeah and it's more like these are just people who are so confused and scared and don't know what's going on like and she's like, she's like, um, this is just after she's returned yeah. the, the ring to him. Cause yeah. he kind of proposes and she's like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be real because the only reason you're doing it is that we're in this situation. Yeah. Right. And she's bare. Like she's like from the top. And it's, I think it's just supposed to show like human vulnerability. Mm. I mean, that's where I think these, that this 
maybe who knows? I think history has shown that this mo- these movies are important, but maybe I'm pumping it up too much. I don't know. No, I mean you're. I mean at least I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I think all of that is the way that it, to me that I read it. And uh, that's what. Yeah, it. and I think that what Romero does, and I think and once again Carpenter does, is that he shows that these are more than just they're more than just characters. Like there's human beings that we're supposed to care about in these situations. Right. So uh, I think if I was to recommend this movie to somebody, I would say it's like a 12 year old. <laughs> it's it's a movie about human interaction and a crisis and how they deal with it along with zombies. Yeah. yeah. That's My perception was it was a zombie movie first. <laughs> so when I think of it as a zombie movie, that's where I get. I mean, but that's the thing. There's plenty of zombie oh, there, action and well, gore and all that. There should be when it's two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> and there I, is though. I think that 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 that's part of just. And this is there's no, there's no right or wrong answer to this. This is just a different way of like going into a film. Like it's just we yeah. we all go into things with different expectations. So, like, I go into this, like, understanding that this is what I'm going to get. Right. I mean, you have an idea what the movie is already. But that's be- that's based on the fact that I know more about this. Like, it's that's, that sounds pompous. And I don't mean it to be no, in it any just, way No, you've arrogant. just accumulated some knowledge of the movie and the filmmaker over the years, even if you haven't necessarily seen all the movies. Yeah, it's, and it's just totally different. And and I, I think that, what James, what you're saying is absolutely valid. It's totally valid. It's it's that, like, I don't expect to show my kids the Maltese Falcon and expect them to have the same, like, visceral reaction. Um I was, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about, oh, it was the newest episode of uh, How Did This Get Made? Mm. They were talking about Bugsy Malone. Yeah, I've never seen Which that is a movie one. I've never seen. Do you mm. know anything about this movie, James? No. So this is like a 1970, late, late 70s film starring um, all teenagers. I think the average age of the people in the movie is 12 years old. Okay. okay. So it's a musical. There are no adults in this movie. Okay, it is a uh, it's it's a gangster movie where people get shot with like guns, but like what shoots out of them is like cream pies. (laughs) So they see cream pie a lot in the episode. Hey, we get cream pies in this movie, too. (laughs) Uh, So what it is, though, is is it's like they're saying like it, but it's 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 a true to form like gangster film from like the 50s. And they're like, would you show this to your kids? And they're like, I think Jason Manzoukas is like, no, never. What they were saying is, is that like when we were younger, like the three of us say, and and the people on on how this get made, we watched like Bugs Bunny, and we watched like other stuff. So we were watching references to fifties right. right. gangster stuff, right? Yeah. But like our kids are so separated from that, like right at this we, point, it's like a huge gap. Right? We were like twenty, thirty years from that. Our kids are now like fifty, sixty years from that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like that's how it is with like zombie movie. Like we're yeah. so far, we're so separated mm-hmm. that like, well, of course I don't expect somebody to think the same. Like, why would you? Yeah, and but like, and also we've talked about like watching something for the first time now that came out in 1978 and having different expectations for what it is. That's just the way that it goes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like, I definitely don't think it's a bad movie. Like mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the gore. 
aspect. I I Savini, do think Tom Savini's uh, first. Oh yeah, real effects work. Yeah. And Tom Savini in the movie. Yeah, and he's in the movie. Yeah. Oh, he looks so. Like, when I saw him, I was like, oh fuck yeah! Like, I was like stoked. <laughs> he's one of the bikers later. Yeah. Uh, and I do find, yeah. I mean, I can see all the tropes that are used now to death right. in zombie movies, not even just zombie movies. It's so funny movies. to look at it because even like John is bringing up the walking dead and you, you watch this and then you're like all the stuff you watch now, like you see all of it, you know, if it's not, if it's not copying it, then it's reacting to it. Right. Exactly. So it's interesting to watch this for the first time, seeing all this shit I've already seen. Right. And just be like, this is the original right it makes sense that it, i mean it is this long it makes sense that it's not high paced it's definitely a, a more epic movie right yeah than, yeah um yeah and i get that and I, and I knew like you know at the length that you would you'd probably have some pacing issues with it it's and stuff. not to say i can't watch and enjoy a movie that's <laughs> over two hours yeah, we okay. need to stop well you James. you tell me when that happens <laughs> It's not just oh, it'll happen. <laughs> it'll um, happen. And I think that's the thing. I just changed my quotes and tropes, like score, because this deserves ten. Yeah, yeah. This invented, so. this invented, this invented the tropes. Everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, and there is a lot of great quotes in it too. Uh, frankly, like the interactions with the characters, they're not necessarily like one-liners that you're gonna like yeah. peel off. It's not free guy, but it. But the conversations <laughs> seem like real yeah. interactions. It's right? not Baywatch the movie. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm just gonna rattle off James's <laughs> yeah. favorite yeah. movies. <laughs> Baywatch the movie sucks. It's no Benchwarmers, but <laughs> um, Can, what's the line from Benchwarmers? Hey, the Miata. I'm riding yeah. the bench. That's um, my Miata. <laughs> I think that's the number one line from it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Is this movie kind of like it just has so many elements together? Because yes, you get the serious sort of societal commentary, the more individual, personal look at these characters and how they're reacting to the situation as human beings. You have there's lots of humor in the movie. There's lots yeah. of goofy stuff that like lightens it at moments. But there's I love the relationships in the film. Yeah, they're yeah. so good. The relationship between Peter and Roger mm-hmm. is the two SWAT guys is yeah. a, is aw- like, it's so good. Yeah, and I love even going back to like that airfield scene you were talking about, James, when Stephen was shooting kind of ha- like recklessly uh, in the direction of Peter. And then, you know, Roger just comes along and he kind of pushes him aside yeah. and he takes one shot and brains the, each zombie. And then he pushes, you know, happens again. He pushes him aside, takes one shot, measured shot. Um, we had that scene with Peter where he has to kill the zombie children, which are Tom Savini's niece and nephew. And apparently um, the actor, Ken Foray, he didn't know that that zombie kids were going to be coming out of the door. So his reaction is like his real oh, really? reaction to that moment wow. <laughs> where he's like, what the fuck? Like, um, that's some heavy shit to have to kill these, even you know, you know, they're zombies, but they're yeah. children. Right. And we've dealt um, with, but we've dealt with that in, in movies in the last like 10 years, we've dealt with that in video games, like mm-hmm. the last of us, like they're all of this is started by these guys. Yeah. Like, these guys, literally invented a genre of filmmaking and we are reaping the benefits of that for better or for worse yeah, now. Yeah. But I mean, but going back to the character stuff we were talking about before, 
uh, this also is showing Roger. He's the cool kind of collected one. But later, he loses his shit. He's, he becomes reckless. He mm-hmm. becomes the one who's like kind of melting down a bit and getting like almost yeah. like he's on like high on you know like he's getting into like this bloodlust frenzy and he thinks like oh we can do whatever because we're so like we're so awesome me and this guy as a team and then that's when he ends up getting bit and and uh, yeah peter is the is in the thing is like 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 uh what's the first one the first not dawn of the dead but uh night of the living dead, night of the living dead. um like peter is the actual through line He's the one who actually like carries everybody through. Like, yeah, he ends up being the sort of stabilizing force, right? Yeah, without him, everything would have fallen apart in this movie. I do like the scene where he had to put Roger down. Yeah, like, yeah, he's he's my dog. I'll put him down, kind of thing. Like he's right. my he's my, my responsibility. Friend, yeah. My responsibility. And this, but that then that now we're tapping into tropes of. Uh, war movies. We're tapping into tropes of like, like, like nobility, like all this different stuff. Like he's really pulling in all these different, these th- these things from all these different genres right. and creating this whole other mm-hmm. thing. Like it's but, pretty I mean, brilliant. And, and these four characters, like they all get their moments to shine, right? And also be shown their weaknesses. Uh, I like you know Francine, you know when. Steven tells the other guys oh yeah like by the way she's pregnant and like so they're like talking about her in hushed tones while she's in the other room because she was freaking out about the zombies almost getting her at that mm-hmm. point and she comes in and she's like hey I'm not I, I'm not going to be your fucking den mother like I'm not going to be yeah. the playing like housewife here like I'm part of the fucking group I'm going to carry a gun but, too and I'm going to do this shit too. serious because Peter's like do you want to get rid of the baby yeah, he's like, I know how to abort it. I know it. how to abort it. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. Like, it's heavy fucking shit. Yeah, like, I did it, find that very interesting that because, yeah, I mean, this movie is from the 70s mm-hmm. that I did find it surprising that all that was in there. But that was, mm-hmm. but that's, this is my interpretation of that. That is a callback to a completely different culture before abortions were readily available before all of this stuff was was happening this is like street intelligence this is like poor middle class lower class like when people had to fend for themselves when you couldn't get an abortion when people had to take care of each other like this knowledge was out there and Mm -hmm. they're just taking that and putting it on this like you know what i mean like because this is not just um a new kind of way of like dealing with subject matter it's also a new way of dealing with class right because yeah, well, class is completely broken thing. down he, in this in these movies there is no such thing as class anymore right everyone's the same now we all just yeah. <laughs> live in the mall or whatever or we're a roving biker gang or whatever it is so you get fucked the fuck <laughs> up okay can we talk about the biker gang well we for should a actually start talking about like i think yeah, all the, our all the subtextual about stuff, that. Yeah. And we should start talking about badass fucking scenes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the biker gang is just... Oh, half of me was like, why are they going crazy like this? And then the other half is like, they're a biker gang. They're a biker of gang. Of course they go crazy like this. <laughs> but it's just like, 
It makes zero sense of make, why they do that. Well, they're kind of having a free-for-all raid, right? They decide, they see yeah. them all. They they spot, uh, Stephen is teaching Francine at that point how to fly the chopper, and they get they spot them with their binoculars, and they're like, oh, look at the layout here. Like, they've got, they've arranged these trucks in front of the, the gates and yeah. all this stuff. Um, and they're like, you know, who wouldn't want to get in the mall? It's full of shit that is useful to you, right? Yeah, they're like, these, these people are brilliant. So like we can go and we can take it from them uh, because they're a huge army of, of guys, right? Right. There's um, women in there too. There's women, yeah. <laughs> there's women too. So I guess this was mostly other than you know Savini and his his like stunt guy that was working with him. Uh, these this was a real biker gang from the area called the Pagans <laughs> okay. that we see on screen in this movie. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> I mean that's the thing, right? When you're working a movie like this and you don't have the budget, like. A lot of the extras are just friends, volunteers, locals. Right. Um, they're getting paid a dollar and a t-shirt and a burger kind of thing right. to be a zombie in the movie, stuff like that. So, um, and this is when, you know, we had uh, we had Travis on last week for Hunter's Blood, producer of Cyst, and he was telling us about going to the Romero School, yeah. a filmmaking school, and having Tom Savini there as like one of the instructors and and uh whatever so like i mean this is all based here in the in pittsburgh right where they shot this movie uh at the monroeville mall but uh so yeah the gang though that's just so much fun like they come in they're roving mad you know it's they're raiders they're like the crazy yeah. pirates they're running out the driving their bikes all over the place hollering shooting and shit and that's stolen from every like, that's stolen from every action adventure movie um, right, like sure. From like whether it was a western or, or pirate, like pirate films. Yeah, like yeah. We, and we we see this in everything up to in modern like cartoon films. Like when you think about like uh, like Moana, like you have like the like, the coconuts, the co- yeah, like you have all that kind of stuff. Like this is like such a typical storytelling mm-hmm. like force. And you know, Peter wants to be smart, and he's telling Stephen like. Hey, we need to just hide and we'll keep an eye on what they're doing. But like, they're not here for us. They just want the shit. And yeah. so we should stay out of it. But that's when we get those human impulses. Steven is like, no, we fucking fought for this. We earned this. We had to that's, do so much work to clear the place and to make it ours. That's when and then these fucking yahoos come in here and think they can just have it. Yeah. And that's when hubris comes in. Right. Right. And that's so what he the- starts shooting and then all the shit breaks down. You know, it's interesting because like, in our times in society, I viewed that as it's interesting that Peter, who is black, says, listen, we just need to lay low. And Roger, who's white, is like, no, <laughs> fuck that. It's our shit. It's just you kind of can see that today in society that certain minority groups know how to say deal with the police in a certain way right they're gonna well there's versus a white person dealing with the police <laughs> as like, person, i can do what i want yeah. i can do whatever the fuck i want right? as a person who's on tiktok a lot and i follow a lot of like black creators there is this like thread that i've discovered that i am definitely a part of which is black creators are like there's this, just this whole subject of like you just mind your own business yeah. You don't get involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I have the impulse to get involved in everything. Right. Because I've lived my entire life being like, I am a white male. That's like six. You're not going to face the same consequences. Yeah, I'm 6'2". I can walk into any situation pretty much in my entire life I've ever been a part of and been like taken seriously. Right. It's never been a problem. And that's not 
for everybody. But also not just taken seriously, but not actually have to necessarily worry about what the consequence might yeah, be. That's, yeah, I'm so, I apologize. That's what I meant. Like, I don't, I don't have to be worried about like anything. And yeah. Peter is a cop, and he's still like, and he's no, still like, we're, listen, we're, we're no. gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're just gonna dip because he knows he's worked with the cops, like the guy that he had to fucking put down in the yeah. tenement building, right? That are just like that guy's throwing n words out, calling people, yeah, that was shit. that was really, I, I was surprised when that happened, yeah, like when he was like throwing the n word around, like I, I was like, oh fuck, like yeah, because. As not watching a lot of Romero films, I was like, like for that cop, it was just an opportunity to go in, yeah, and take out take Which, out his aggression. I mean, right? you've seen that trope so many times in movies, but the, and in real life, sometimes and too. in real life, <laughs> the glee on his face when he was just right, he's just sh- kicking indoors and blowing people away. Yeah. Right? When he, well, yeah, that's one of the uh, craziest like deaths in the movie is when he like shoots that guy's fucking head off. Yeah. This movie is... By the way, the effects. Is, I was going to say, this movie is filthy with amazing A lot of effects. headshots. Yeah. And this was Savini, like, apparently inventing a lot of this stuff on the fly. Like, really? Like, how are we going to do this? I don't know. I'll come up with it I right mean, now. I mean, the ripping apart of the stomach the guts, and the yeah. guts. Oh. I just... I had to rewind it and watch it again because... <laughs> yeah, you did. Because it was just <laughs> like... <said> fuck. <laughs> Cause I'm like, oh, like, what are they using? Like, it just it looks so cow gross. Cow and intestines, disgusting. apparently. Yeah, there's one scene I like. I rewound a couple times when the a stomach is ripped open and it looks like the guts are bubbling out. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, what? Wait, wait, I have to watch that. Like, I need to see this. Like, what is going on here? It's just so good. And again, doesn't have the budget for a lot of stunt work. So Savini and his guy were doing most of the stunts themselves. Oh, okay. You know, when Savini gets shot and he falls off of the, over the balcony railing yeah. and lands in that fountain. So I guess when they did the take, he was supposed to land on a bunch of cardboard boxes, uh, but his legs missed and hit the floor. And so then he had to like, he was in a golf cart for like three or four days while they oh. were doing stuff. Oh, and then he just kept making the movie. Uh, you know, his buddy is the guy that, the biker that swings on that fucking banner rope yeah. and like comes down but in the original take he swings too high and he hits the fucking roof and stuff like <laughs> wow. that so there's no there's no money to yeah. just like we're just we're just doing it we're just making this uh i'd say from for me the one of the scenes that really stands out is like i don't know if it's the best action sequence or the you know gore or whatever but when they are in that tenement building mm-hmm. and going through it where they kill that cop that is some gnarly shit yeah, like that is a, an incredibly shocking. But there's actually a scene. ton of fucking gore in this movie. When you oh, now, so granted, much. like you know, looking at it now, like the blood color is bad, and Savini like hates the coloring of the blood in this. Um, he, he wanted to make the zombies' skin kind of grayish because they're dead, but on film it ended yeah, up looking look like blue. blue. Yeah, they yeah. look like right. Well, so he's they, you know. they look like uh, Oompa Loompas. <laughs> right. I so did. he he's you know he hates that stuff, but like uh, apparently you, Romero liked the blood color because he thought it made it more comic. But what are you supposed to do? It does yeah. look comic booky. Yeah, it, it does look. There was like, a like there a, was a period there where they hadn't really figured out the what does what what do we need to do to make the blood look like actual dark red human blood instead of like this bright yeah, they, corn syrupy shit you have to imagine they spent so much time between inventing film and then inventing visual effects where you showed blood and then like you have hitchcock and you have like noir films that are that are showing blood in black and white mm-hmm. right using like fucking corn syrup or whatever 
Yeah, and if you go totally back and you watch, every, yeah, you watch these '70s movies. You go to and you watch like a lot of the Italian movies, um, the Italian zombie movies, and the Italian horror movies and giallos and stuff. The blood always looks like this. It's like this bright, bright red, and it's just something you sort of have to <laughs> accept. I actually, I, I like the blight, the bright red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I thought was interesting with the with the blood was not necessarily like I did notice how bright it was and how it was different from scene to scene. Often, mm-hmm. I was more interested in. The way they utilize that and the, the way like the way it splattered. Yeah, a lot and, of good splatter moments. And how they did it compared to other movies that were contemporary to it. Where they were like, oh, okay, so that was an interesting, like that was an interesting way to do like, oh, it hit here, and that's I've never seen that before. Right. Or even um, you know, once Steven once he has started the the fight with the bikers and then he himself gets trapped and bitten by several zombies in the elevator. Um, then he still goes up because he's going where he always goes. And we know we've, they talk about in the, how the zombies go to what they recognize and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Now this is my one thing that I feel <laughs> is just too much. Okay. Hold on. Hold that thought. I just wanted to talk about the blood splatter when they, when Peter has to blow his brains out once he comes through yeah. the door. Cause there's a good splatter on the wall there for that one. But yeah, sorry, James, go ahead. Where he just like instantly... He goes from the elevator and he's like, hey, zombies, follow me. And then tears down the wall to go upstairs. It's yeah. just like, I don't know. I, but <laughs> like also, that, that's really quick. But they also made a huge thing about how like they created the wall. Right. Yeah. I, I understand. Like they, set, they set that up. I know, but that wall looks pretty solid. It does and look then pretty it, solid. And I then give, when he tears it down, it's like cardboard. I give, <laughs> yeah. it all, I give all that stuff like a mulligan. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm finding some little things. Oh, there's there's I have little quibbles too, too with the movie. Like I don't think it's perfect. As in, as basically it's no not- movie is perfect. But for me, it's as close to perfect as you could get. Like my my complaints are all little things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that like, don't amount to much. I agree. But- like my the I think the one movie I've given ten like ten out of ten to, like Mad Max Fury Road. There's problems with that movie. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's more just, about like this is as good as I've seen it done or something. You know, we all right. get to look like what is it? Hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he. Well, it's like you were saying, Dustin. Like, if they could do the visual effects differently, they yeah. Would do it. Savini, like, I'm sure, would absolutely love to go back and change the blue look of the fucking zombies. Do you have, yeah. But, do you have a favorite? Well, yeah, the blue look of the zombies is is hilarious in 2021. But we've also had fucking like 40 something years of like zombie movies mm-hmm. where they get to build and, 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 and that's the other thing is they were coming off of, you know, Night of the Living Dead was black and white. So you didn't have to worry about, you know, having fucking makeup to make them look dead, really. Yeah, I mean, right. maybe probably some shading on the eyes and stuff, but yeah. like nothing major. But now we're in color. So how do we make them look dead? Well, he thought they were going to look like this gray look to them. Right. But. Didn't didn't really work out. I think we should say. Uh, I think we're getting pretty late. Yeah, we, we haven't talked. We haven't talked about the Goblin soundtrack. Uh. Okay, so I <laughs> wanted to say a couple things. Yeah, well, Goblin soundtrack, who which was Dario Argento was also a part of. Yes, yeah. um, I saw that in the credits, and I was like, ooh, at the very beginning, I was like, this is interesting. Um, we can talk about the soundtrack quickly, but then we have to say our favorite scene. I think we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about the soundtrack. I mean, Goblin has come up on the show a number of times. They make awesome music. Is it the greatest? Are they the greatest 
horror movie soundtrack. I mean, them and Carpenter is the top two for me, for sure. I think, um, and Claudio Simonetti, who is the guy from Goblin. But it's got to be Smash Mouth for me. <laughs> well, it's Shrek. Actually, right? no, yeah, actually, Shrek. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna actually it's a have, banger. I'm gonna have somebody. To <laughs> We're supposed to pick that up. Come on, guys. Um, yeah, but like you're saying, I'm John, there was games. an interesting thing there where Argento arranged for Goblin to do the soundtrack because he would like he had the cut for Europe, and then he was like to Romero, "Do you want to use their soundtrack?" And then he just kind of took a few few tracks to spread throughout the movie that he used, um, and then he used some like public domain music for other parts, like you know the goofy montage scenes and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I feel like this is the kind of movie that we could talk about forever. It would it's be one a, of those. It's one of those long ones. It's a long movie. There's more to talk it's about. It's not funny or anything like that. Like it's just like kind of in awe. Yeah, of I a mean, filmmaker. I think you could go scene by scene and break down everything in that scene. I would love to hear somebody here. that's smart talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there was a uh, commentary or something, <laughs> as if there was a comment. I'm sure there's commentary tracks on the. On uh, the probably. This is a movie that's still hard to get on Blu-ray with the proper cut and everything. Really? Yeah. Why though? The people who own the rights to it, like they have released it a few times, but like different weird cuts of it. There's like a German Blu-ray that doesn't have all the gore scenes in it. Um, so like if you go online to try to buy you can order a blu-ray but it's going to cost you like anywhere from 60 to 150 bucks probably to get it and um so yeah it's just not easy it's not easy to get even though it's like an all-time classic right did we talk about oh we talked about this with uh uh what's his name last episode travis travis we talked about travis with where it's it's uh it's there's these amazing films out there and I think that, like I, like I said in the last episode, where we, th- I thought, oh, okay, this is this this digital revolution is going to allow us to have access to, to everything, everything. Right. and instead, what it's actually shown us is that there are um, these archaic gate, uh, gatekeepers who are just keeping us from like art that we'll just never have access to, which is why you have to steal it. I mean, yeah, in this case. I think you got to steal it because you want it, if you want to see the actual full proper movie that it's not easy to do, but it's also kind of like if you had a little bit of money and you had time, you could start your own, like basically like vinegar syndrome. There's tons of these little yeah, like companies, like companies yeah. and you could put out, but Just, you have to, but you have to pay the I rights know, holders. I know you but do. This is the That's why I said you have some money. But yeah. this is the kind of thing that James, you and I have always talked about. Oh yeah, where we've always said if we had, if we were million, if you know, if we had thirty million dollars. Yeah. But, but but think about we, that. If that if it was easy to put out Dawn of the Dead, Vinegar Syndrome, Arrow. Shout I, Factory. I These companies would have already done I, I'm, this. Right? I'm not talking about this movie. I'm just talking yeah, about yeah, like, in general. Yeah. In general. In general. But this is what James and I've always, like, like I was gonna say is that we've always talked about how like if we had just like like uh uh what generational wealth, <laughs> like why like, man, why can't I have some of that fucking generational like, I wealth? I would I would just be like I would just be I mean, we got the white entitlement. Down. Just need the wealth to go so with it. <laughs> yeah, I would just be like dropping. Oh, oh it's a million dollars to just put out like. 50 fucking movies like mm-hmm. have fun like who gives a fuck like you know what i, I mean? think what you got to do is you got to start small 
Um, you start with a couple small titles, releases. You build Legends. on that. Hunter's Blood. Hunter's Blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should probably get that for five bucks. Yeah, we got to track it down though. <laughs> Travis will be the only one who buys the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, he'll <laughs> buy. He'll buy them all. And he'll, he'll buy like, them all and them distribute them. It would yeah. be well. We, yeah, because he he'd probably spend like fifteen thousand dollars mailbox slots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fucking funny if you just started like if you got the rights to a, a movie, you you <laughs> just you, so you could make people watch and it, and you just started you just started dropping it off at people's houses. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sorry. So favorite scenes. Um. Man, that's tough. There's a lot of really great moments in the movie. There's good mo- gore moments, action moments. Uh, I do think Roger's death scene, like you were talking about, is one of the Can better you say moments. Who you're pointing at? James, sorry. Um, I do think that's one of the better dramatic moments. Yeah. And but also his slow turn, how he still wants to be. He's going with them. They're wheelbarrowing him around. Yeah. And he's sh- still shooting zombies with them up until this is. There's going to be that moment when he turns right. This is also a trope. Yeah. That yeah. nowadays we mm-hmm. see as being nothing, but. When it happened was completely new. Yeah. Like these are things that were in being invented, fucking invented in the moment. Well, they were trying to slow it down, right? Like they were giving him what morphine or something, or what were they giving him? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They they were sterilizing his wounds and stuff, and cum. like it was coming. <laughs> This is like it was back to that microwave massacre situation, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it would probably be, you know, like the ripping apart of the stomach and the gore with that. Um, I was kind of knocking the the airfield scene before, but you do get that zombie chops the top of his head off. Yeah, that is there. A great, that's a great yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of like a, huh. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that so, when the bikers attacked yeah. was like really fun. It's like, just crazy. It's super wild. It's just... <laughs> And yeah, it was, that was just like a couple of minutes of like, okay. But again, again, a trope we see used yeah. to this day. You know, Walking Dead had all that stuff. You know, the the interactions with who are we going to run out into out in this world? Uh, different forces, different, and like you sort of fall into these tribal mentalities. We're yeah. this group. We're this group. Um, yeah, but you see, and that's the other thing though. You see this in literature. You see this in the fucking road. Like, you know what I mean? Cormac McCarthy. Like, we, you see this in, like, so much stuff. Yeah, and post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's an, it, it, you know, The other thing is that just the whole trilogy arc. I mean, it's not a trilogy because he went and made Land of the Dead afterwards. But, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, to watch um, how things get bleaker uh, through each movie because we're at different stages. Night of the Living Dead, it just started happening. Dawn of the Dead... Okay, we're in the middle here and we're dealing with all this stuff, but it's a new thing. Then Day of the Dead is like, oh shit, like like there is no hope left really. <laughs> so uh, at some point we should probably, well, you know, we should just watch them for well, fun, but, we but can, also maybe pro- we'll do them on the show at some point too. You're, yeah, but you're also just going through the life cycle. Like you're going yeah, through yeah. like birth, but it just, like it everything. Just, it, it seems so easy and organic to look at it now, but it's like... This is well thought out, you know. Um, before we give our reviews, um, I don't know, if James, if you've seen the remake, the Scott Snyder remake. I have. You have. Do you the have- only thing I remember is they shoot Jay Leno, which is nice. <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> um, they. So I've I, I own Dawn of the Dead somewhere. 
here in this room. The Snyder, uh, the Snyder version, the Snyder cut. I really like. I really like uh, the Snyder. Yeah, version. I remember. I haven't seen it in a long time now, Sarah but I remember Polly, liking it. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's really good. Um, you zombie baby. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun movie. I don't think it has the weight of the commentary in it, but it's a fun movie for sure. No, it's much more. Uh, I think that the the Snyder version, just like uh, Scott Snyder, uh, is very much more uh, materialistic and modern and it's just it's it's lacks, style stylized. Yeah, you know, it's more it about the style and the, lacks depth, right? Um, yeah. Whereas this version is more self-reflective and mm-hmm. and, it and makes, like you talked about there's all those moments where the characters have a moment to just sit and sort of be considering their situation or doing something small and human like taking a dress off the rack and looking at it and, yeah and like but, i you know. i don't think that those moments can be like you can't short those moments they are incredibly important no, you can it's just it won't add up to the same thing at the end of yeah, the day yeah like i i don't know i think all of those moments just really brought out something that was such like more way more beautiful about humanity and like everything just mm-hmm. i don't know that's my perspective james is like cut them all <laughs> he's harsh with the cuts uh cut them all double yeah. double the bikers <laughs> double the bikers. <laughs> i want two biker gangs coming same same time gang fight middle oh uh, i love you're telling me you wouldn't like that yeah of course i would <laughs> i mean that would be fun too be i love awesome. when the bikers are escaping and at that point peter's like sniping some of them because it's just rad. like fuck yeah. these guys like the one guys are almost out on their like three-wheeler and he shoots the guy off the back like as they're going out the door of the mall it's like no fuck you you're going down buddy like <laughs> but that, i love that. that that i think that's trying to show just like um like humanity like losing itself Versus, like, humanity that's already lost itself. Like, it. I mean, but, like, okay, so obviously some of them are going to get out. They're probably going to come back. So, well, obviously, James has well, sympathy for the bikers because he's just. They come back as zombies. James, uh, James just wants to be a biker. He just wants to be a pagan. <laughs> well, oh, we didn't talk about the very end of the movie. Uh, you know, Stephen has turned and then Peter had to shoot him. And then him and Francine escape out of the top. And they fly in the helicopter and they're like, how much gas do we have? Like, where are we going? Kind of thing. And it's like, not far. who knows? Like, where are we going? Yeah. And that's why, like, I think the very next year in Italy, Lucio Falci released uh, his movie Zombie 2. Uh, Dawn of the Dead was released as Zombie in Italy. And oh, so he okay. released Zombie 2, uh, <laughs> which nowadays is just commonly known as Zombie or Zombie Flesh Eaters. Which is but, the um, ultimate italian power move which is just to be like hey i'm making a sequel to yeah. your movie yeah. hey remember when you made that that's mine now it has the goblin music in it too oh really yeah, yeah they don't um, give a fuck it, the that's italian, mine now. italian that's funny well, italian like filmmakers just stole everything it's like the internets and memes and all this stuff right like somebody creates something and then you just you build on that thing and oh. throw your own thing on no, it i think you i don't know if you misunderstand me i think it's, it's great. hilarious it's great yeah, yeah, like I think it's super, super funny. So yeah, in, zomb- in Zombie though, uh, or Zombie 2, um, then it picks up sort of like these people land on an island. Uh, you remember those cops that they ran into at the beginning of this yeah. movie that were like, we're heading on a boat out to this yeah, island. Yeah, we're going to the island. Yeah. So the second, the, the second movie, quote unquote, <laughs> starts at the island. They go to that's the island. Rad. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, James, this is your pick. Yeah. Give me your rating. All right. I did change my quotes and tropes to 10. But uh, overall, my reaction is a seven. 
and my overall score is 7.4. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I gave this movie a 9. Uh, uh, my close and tropes are a 10 as well. But uh, I gave it overall an 8.4. Uh, my reaction is a 10. Uh, to me, it is the king of all zombie movies. It's my favorite zombie movie. Uh, my overall score ends up being an 8.8. So is this going on our list? I mean, I think there's enough action in this. This is a lo- There's a lot of action, actually. Like, um, I'm fine with that. the movie. Uh, yeah. More than, Hunter's, <laughs> more than Hunter's blood or whatever. Everybody uh, who, if anybody listens to this podcast regularly, understands that I don't give a fuck <laughs> about anything. I mean... So it's not tied with anything at 8.2, but it kind of feels... It's high. Oh, shit, Dustin. Yeah. I mean, it goes ahead of The Raid. I mean, Uh, I don't know if it's a better action movie than The Raid, but to me, it's a better movie than The Raid. It's after (laughs) Way of the Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Which is all... Which, which, once that's again, a, that's a high, again, a high movie that isn't purely an action film. Yeah, and we're, we're going to say this once again. If anybody has a problem with our list, this is yourself. just our list, <laughs> and you can go fuck yourself because it's just a list. I mean, I'm going to have to go fuck myself soon because like, this list is <laughs> <laughs> this list is wild. But you know what? Uh, I don't think I don't think that anybody has tried to put together a list like this before. No. I mean, I. I mean, I don't feel bad about what I think is the greatest zombie movie ever made being that high on the list. It's not in the top ten, uh, but it's up there. Um, Let's throw it in there. Who cares? It's number fifteen. It's a new number fifteen. Also, what are you gonna do? What's gonna happen? Like, I'm gonna <laughs> We're gonna send it back down. Yeah, I'm gonna die tomorrow, and all of a sudden I'm gonna go to hell because I put this at fucking number fifteen. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> no, I mean. I do think you're right. Like, if it was in the top 10, then it's like, okay, well, top 10 action movies of all time. Mm-hmm. That would be hard. But to, then at the same time, there's still a thousand movies we haven't watched. Yes. There's many more to go in to get and slotted in. And there's also in. a lot of movies that we have to redo. Like, it, yeah, it, that's it, true too. Nothing matters. <laughs> nothing even matters. Nothing matters. Like, anyone can see. Like, like we have. <laughs> Like we have Mission Impossible Fallout at number six. Like, mm-hmm. does it belong there? I don't know. I mean, is it the sixth greatest movie. action movie of all time? I don't know, but that, but it is fucking great. No, I mean, I'll, I'll take our top ten list and say, you know what? I agree. John Wick should be number one. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great list. I agree. Terminator Two should be number one. James, thanks for saying that. Yes. I agree. My movie, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, is number one. I've won. I can retire from this podcast right now and be like, see you later, bitches. I won. All right. Well, let's do Dude, this. Spiel here. I want to say one thing about this list before mm. we end. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fucking banger. Is number three on our list. Yeah, because it's great. Find another, find another fucking list where, where Raiders of the Lost Ark is number three. It, is, it does not happen often. Where is it? Really? For us? No, I mean like on other people's lists. Like you think it's, it's further down? I think it's further down. I think it's like in the 30s. Wow. It's so fucking good. I think it's in I think it's in the top 10 maybe. It's almost perfect. I think it's in the top 10, but it's not number three. Terminator 2 is number, it's number four. It should be. It should be higher. I mean, <laughs> yeah. RoboCop. Okay. RoboCop. X-rated banger. director's cut is number fucking seven. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like are you gonna? You can argue that maybe movies are should be higher than that, 
but like you can't be like well it doesn't deserve that place mm-hmm. so i don't care everything after like the top 10 i don't really give a shit about <laughs> you, know what I, you know what i mean though it's like okay well what about top know? 20 that's the thing <laughs> top, top 20, 20 top big 50. trouble in little china number 10 hanging in there it's hanging in I well, we could redo Big Trouble and probably bump that. We well, got the Matrix. Then I thought it said the Wild Wild West for a second. <laughs> Thankfully, it's oh, the Wild shit. Bunch. We should do the Wild Wild West. <laughs> Aliens, of course. I mean, after October, I mean, and then after December, we're, we're gonna have to try and take some runs at the top. Yeah, yeah. Have to get some. We've some been serious... hanging out in the basement a well, while. Who? So we we have three episodes a lot of until mid. we have been a, doing a lot of mid tier stuff. Okay, so we have a, we have three episodes until we do a. Uh, free for all. Mm-hmm. Well, free for all, you can do whatever you want. Free for all, you can. Dustin, <laughs> I <laughs> contemplate this for my free for all. What doing a bump episode where, where, where we where, stuff? A mix where, up. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna do like multiple bumps. We'll just, but I was we'll just gonna pick do, uh, things out of a hat and we'll be like, oh, it's a mixer. I was. I was. <laughs> the gonna, octagon is number four now. <laughs> I was gonna do. A, I was gonna do a bump where I was like. All right, I'm going to pick a movie. Do right. you guys want to bump this up or down? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, which that's is, a good which idea. Which is totally we we need to find ways to do you. that. So. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please check us out on Patreon, um, on Instagram. You can find us in the link tree. We can find everything that we uh, were about, and uh, we appreciate you listening. And we'll see you next week. Guys, guys.